0: Section Twelve of the Aeneid of Virgil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Six, Part Two. Not far from thence, the mournful fields appear, so called from lovers that inhabit there. The souls whom that unhappy flame invades in secret solitude and myrtle shades make endless moans and pining with desire, lament too late their unextinguished fire. Here Procris, Eryphile here he found, Bearing her breast, yet bleeding with the wound made by her son. He saw Pasiphae there, with Phaedra's ghost, A foul, incestuous pair. There Laodamia with Avadne moves, Unhappy both, but loyal in their loves. Cineas, a woman once, and once a man, But ending in the sex she first began. Not far from these Phoenician Dido stood, Fresh from her wound, her bosom bathed in blood, Whom, when the Trojan hero hardly knew, Obscure in shades, and with a doubtful view, Doubtful is he who sees through dusky night, Or thinks he sees the moon's uncertain light. With tears he first approached the sullen shade, And as his love inspired him thus he said, Unhappy queen! THEN IS THE COMMON BREATH OF RUMOUR TRUE IN YOUR REPORTED DEATH, AND I, ALAS, THE CAUSE. BY HEAVEN I VOW, AND ALL THE POWERS THAT RULE THE REALMS BELOW, UNWILLING I FORSOOK YOUR FRIENDLY STATE, COMMANDED BY THE GODS AND FORCED BY FATE. THOSE GODS, THAT FATE, WHOSE UNRESISTED MIGHT HAVE SENT ME TO THESE REGIONS VOID OF LIGHT, THROUGH THE VAST EMPIRE OF ETERNAL NIGHT. Nor dared I to presume that, pressed with grief, My flight should urge you to this dire relief. Stay, stay your steps, and listen to my vows. Tis the last interview that fate allows. In vain he thus attempts her mind to move, With tears and prayers and late repenting love. Disdainfully she looked, then turning round, But fixed her eyes unmoved upon the ground. And what he says and swears regards no more Than the deaf rocks when the loud billows roar. But whirled away to shun his hateful sight, Hid in the forest and the shades of night, Then sought Sicaeus through the shady grove, Who answered all her cares and equalled all her love. Some pious tears the pitying hero paid, And followed with his eyes the flitting shade. Then took the forward way, by fate ordained, And with his guide the farther fields attained, Where severed from the rest the warrior souls remained. Tydeus he met with Meliagor's race, The pride of armies and the soldiers' grace, And pale Adrastus with his ghastly face. Of Trojan chiefs he viewed a numerous train, All much lamented, all in battle slain. Glaucus and Medon high above the rest, Antenor's sons and Ceres' sacred priest, And proud Ideus, Priam's charioteer, Who shakes his empty reins and aims his airy spear. The gladsome ghosts in circling troops attend, And with unwearied eyes behold their friend, Delight to hover near and long to know What business brought him to the realms below. But Argive chiefs and Agamemnon's train, When his refulgent arms flashed through the shady plain, Fled from his well-known face with wanted fear, As when his thundering sword and pointed spear Drove headlong to their ships and gleaned the routed rear, They raised a feeble cry with trembling notes, But the weak voice deceived their gasping throats. Here priam's son deiphobus he found whose face and limbs were one continued wound dishonest with lopped arms the youth appears spoil'd of his nose and shorten'd of his ears he scarcely knew him striving to disown his blotted form and blushing to be known and therefore first began o tucherus race who durst thy faultless figure thus deface what heart could wish, what hand inflict this dire disgrace? Twas famed that in our last and fatal night Your single prowess long sustain'd the fight, Till, tired, not forced, a glorious fate you chose, And fell upon a heap of slaughter'd foes. But in remembrance of so brave a deed, A tomb and funeral honours I decreed, Thrice call your manes on the Trojan plains, the place your armour and your name retains your body too i sought and had i found designed for burial in your native ground the ghost replied your piety has paid all needful rites to rest my wandering shade but cruel fate and my more cruel wife to grecian swords betrayed my sleeping life these are the monuments of helen's love the shame i bear below the marks i bore above you know in what deluding joys we passed the night that was by heaven decreed our last for when the fatal horse descending down pregnant with arms o'erwhelmed the unhappy town she feigned nocturnal orgies left my bed and mixed with trojan dames the dances led then waving high her torch the signal made Which roused the Grecians from their ambuscade. With watching overworn, with cares oppressed, Unhappy I had laid me down to rest, And heavy sleep my weary limbs possessed. Meantime my worthy wife our arms mislaid, And from beneath my head my sword conveyed. The door unlatched, and with repeated calls, Invites her former lord within my walls thus in her crime her confidence she placed and with new treasons would redeem the past what need i more into the room they ran and meanly murther'd a defenceless man ulysses basely born first led the way avenging powers with justice if i pray that fortune be their own another day but answer you and in your turn relate What brought you living to the Stygian state, Driven by the winds and errors of the sea? Or did you heaven's superior doom obey? Or tell what other chance conducts your way To view with mortal eyes our dark retreats, Tumults and torments of the infernal seats? While thus in talk the flying hours they pass, The sun had finished more than half his race, And they, perhaps, in words and tears had spent The little time of stay which heaven had lent. But thus the sibyl chides their long delay. Night rushes down, and headlong drives the day. Tis here in different paths the way divides, The right to Pluto's golden palace guides, The left to that unhappy region tends, Which to the depth of Tartarus descends, The seat of night profound and punished fiends. Then thus, stay Fovus, O sacred maid, Forbear to chide, and be your will obeyed. Lo, to the secret shadows I retire, To pay my penance till my years expire. Proceed, auspicious prince, with glory crowned, And born to better fates than I have found. He said, and while he said, His steps he turned to secret shadows, and in silence mourn. The hero, looking on the left, espied a lofty tower and strong on every side with treble walls which phlegathon surrounds, whose fiery flood the burning empire bounds, and pressed betwixt the rocks, the bellowing noise resounds wide is the fronting gate, and raised on high with adamantine columns, threats the sky. vain is the force of man and heavens as vain. To crush the pillars which the piles sustain, sublime on these a tower of steel is reared, and dire Tisiphone there keeps the ward, girt in her sanguine gown by night and day, observant of the souls that pass the downward way. From hence are heard the groans of ghosts, the pains of sounding lashes and of dragging chains. The Trojans stood astonished at their cries and asked his guide from whence those yells arise and what the crimes and what the tortures were and loud laments that rent the liquid air she thus replied the chaste and holy race are all forbidden this polluted place but hecate when she gave to rule the woods then led me trembling through these dire abodes and taught the tortures of the avenging gods these are the realms of unrelenting fate, And awful Rhadamanthus rules the state. He hears and judges each committed crime, Inquires into the manner, place, and time. The conscious wretch must all his acts reveal, Loath to confess, unable to conceal, From the first moment of his vital breath To his last hour of unrepenting death straight o'er the guilty ghost the fury shakes the sounding whip and brandishes her snakes and the pale sinner with her sisters takes then of itself unfolds the eternal door with the dreadful sounds the brazen hinges roar you see before the gate what stalking ghost commands the guard what sentries keep the post more formidable hydra stands within whose jaws with iron teeth severely grin the gaping gulf low to the center lies and twice as deep as earth is distant from the skies the rivals of the gods the titan race here singed with lightning roll within the unfathomed space here lie the alien twins i saw them both enormous bodies of gigantic growth who dared in fight the thunderer to defy Affect his heaven and force him from the sky. Salmoneus suffering cruel pains I found for emulating Jove, The rattling sound of mimic thunder and the glittering blaze Of pointed lightnings and their forky rays. Through Elis and the Grecian towns he flew, The audacious wretch four fiery coursers drew. He waved a torch aloft and madly vain Sought godlike worship from a servile train. Ambitious fool, with horny hoofs to pass o'er hollow arches of resounding brass, to rival thunder in its rapid course and imitate inimitable force. But he, the king of heaven, obscure on high, bared his red arm and launching from the sky his writhen bolt, not shaking empty smoke down to the deep abyss, the flaming felon struck there titius was to see who took his birth from heaven his nursing from the foodful earth here his gigantic limbs with large embrace enfold nine acres of infernal space a ravenous vulture in his open side her crooked beak and cruel talons tried still for the growing liver digged his breast the growing liver still supplied the feast still are his entrails fruitful to their pains THE IMMORTAL HUNGER LASTS, THE IMMORTAL FOOD REMAINS. IXION AND Perithous I COULD NAME, AND MORE THESSALIAN CHIEFS OF MIGHTY FAME. HIGH O'ER THEIR HEADS A MOLDERING ROCK IS PLACED, THAT PROMISES A FALL AND SHAKES AT EVERY BLAST. THEY LIE BELOW ON GOLDEN BEDS DISPLAYED, AND GENIAL FEASTS WITH REGAL POMP ARE MADE. THE QUEEN OF FURIES BY THEIR SIDES IS SET, And snatches from their mouths the untasted meat, Which, if they touch, her hissing snakes she rears, Tossing her torch and thundering in their ears. Then they, who brothers better claim disown, Expel their parents and usurp the throne, Defraud their clients, and to lucre sold, Sit brooding on unprofitable gold, Who dare not give and even refuse To lend to their poor kindred or a wanting friend. Vast is the throng of these, Nor less the train of lustful youths for foul adultery slain, Hosts of deserters, who their honor sold, And basely broke their faith for bribes of gold. All these within the dungeon's depth remain, Despairing pardon and expecting pain. Ask not what pains, nor farther seek to know their process, Or the forms of law below some roll a weighty stone some laid along and bound with burning wires on spokes of wheels are hung unhappy theseus doomed would forever there is fixed by fate on his eternal chair and wretched phlegios warns the world with cries could warning make the world more just or wise learn righteousness and dread the avenging deities to tyrants others have their country sold imposing foreign lords for foreign gold some have old laws repealed new statutes made not as the people pleased but as they paid with incest some their daughters' bed profaned all dared the worst of ills and what they dared attained had i a hundred mouths a hundred tongues and throats of brass inspired with iron lungs I could not half those horrid crimes repeat, Nor half the punishments those crimes have met. But let us haste our voyage to pursue, The walls of Pluto's palace are in view, The gate and iron arch above it stands, On anvils labored by the cyclops' hands. Before our farther way the fates allow, Here must we fix on high the golden bough." She said, and through the gloomy shades they passed and chose the middle path, arrived at last, the prince, with living water sprinkled o'er his limbs and body, then approach the door, possess' the porch, and on the front above he fix'd the fatal bough required by Pluto's love. These holy rites performed they took their way, where long-extended plains of pleasure lay the verdant fields with those of heaven may vie. With either vested and a purple sky. The blissful seats of happy souls below, Stars of their own and their own sons they know. Their airy limbs in sports they exercise, And on the green contend the wrestler's prize. Some in heroic verse divinely sing, Others in artful measures led the ring. The Thracian bard surrounded by the rest, There stands conspicuous in his flowing vest, his flying fingers and harmonious quill Strike seven distinguished notes, And seven at once they fill. Here found they two cares hold heroic race, Born better times and happier years to grace. Asaracus and Ilus here enjoy perpetual fame With him who founded Troy. The chief beheld their chariots from afar, Their shining arms and coursers trained to war, Their lances fixed in earth, their steeds around, free from their harness graze the flowery ground the love of horses which they had alive and care of chariots after death survive some cheerful souls were feasting on the plain some did the song and some the choir maintain beneath a laurel shade where mighty po mounts up to woods above and hides his head below here patriots live. Who for their country's good in fighting fields Were prodigal of blood, Priests of unblemished lives here make abode, And poets worthy their inspiring God, And searching wits of more mechanic parts, Who graced their age with new invented arts, Those who to worth their bounty did extend, And those who knew that bounty to commend, The heads of these with holy fillets bound, And all their temples were with garlands crowned. To these the Sibyl thus her speech addressed, And first to him surrounded by the rest, Towering his height, and ample was his breast. Say, happy souls, divine Musaeus say, Where lives Anchises, and where lies our way To find the hero for whose only sake We sought the dark abodes and crossed the bitter lake to this the sacred poet thus replied in no fixed place the happy souls reside in groves we live and lie on mossy beds by crystal streams that murmur through the meads but pass yon easy hill and thence descend the path conducts you to your journey's end this said he led them up the mountain's brow and shows them all the shining fields below they wind the hill And through the blissful meadows go. But old Anchises in a flowery vale Reviewed his mustered race and took the tale. Those happy spirits which ordained by fate For future beings and new bodies wait, With studious thought observed the illustrious throng, In nature's order as they passed along. Their names, their fates, their conduct and their care, In peaceful synods and successful war. He, when Aeneas on the plain appears, Meets him with open arms and falling tears. Welcome, he said, the gods' undoubted race, O long expected to my dear embrace. Once more tis given me to behold your face. The love and pious duty which you pay Have passed the perils of so hard a way. Tis true, computing times, I now believed the happy day approached, Nor are my hopes deceived. What length of lands, what oceans have you pass What storms sustain'd, and on what shores been cast? How have I feared would your fate, but feared would it most When love assailed would you on the Libyan coast? To this the filial duty thus replies, Your sacred ghost before my sleeping eyes appear'd, And often urged this painful enterprise. After long tossing on the Tyrene Sea, My navy rides at anchor in the bay, But reach your hand, O parent shade, Nor shun the dear embraces of your longing son. He said, and falling tears his face bedew, Then thrice around his neck his arms he threw, And thrice the flitting shadow slipped away, Like winds or empty dreams that fly the day. Now in a secret vale the Trojan sees A separate grove through which a gentle breeze Plays with a passing breath and whispers through the trees. And just before the confines of the wood The gliding lethe leads her silent flood. About the boughs an airy nation flew, Thick as the humming bees that hunt the golden dew. In summer's heat on tops of lilies feed AND CREEP WITHIN THEIR BELLS TO SUCK THE BALMY SEED. THE WINGED ARMY roams THE FIELDS AROUND, THE RIVERS AND THE ROCKS REMURMUR TO THE SOUND. Aeneas WONDERING STOOD, THEN ASKED THE CAUSE WHICH TO THE STREAM THE CROWDING PEOPLE DRAWS. THEN THUS THE SIRE, THE SOULS THAT THRONG THE FLOOD ARE THOSE TO WHOM BY FATE ARE OTHER BODIES OWED. IN Leith's LAKE THEY LONG OBLIVION TASTE. OF FUTURE LIFE SECURE, FORGETFUL OF THE PAST. LONG HAS MY SOUL DESIRED THIS TIME AND PLACE TO SET BEFORE YOUR SIGHT YOUR GLORIOUS RACE, THAT THIS PRESAGING JOY MAY FIRE YOUR MIND TO SEEK THE SHORES BY DESTINY DESIGNED. O FATHER, CAN IT BE THAT SOULS SUBLIME RETURN TO VISIT OUR TERRESTRIAL CLIME, AND THAT THE GENEROUS MIND RELEASED BY DEATH CAN COVET LAZY LIMBS AND MORTAL BREATH, Anchises then in order thus began, to clear those wonders to his godlike son. Know first that heaven and earth's compacted frame, and flowing waters and the starry flame, and both the radiant lights one common soul inspires and feeds, and animates the whole. This active mind, infused through all the space, unites and mingles with the mighty mass, hence men and beasts the breath of life obtain and birds of air and monsters of the main the ethereal vigor is in all the same and every soul is fill with equal flame as much as earthy limbs and gross allay of mortal members subject to decay blunt not the beams of heaven and edge of day from this coarse mixture of terrestrial parts Desire and fear by turns possess their hearts, And grief and joy, nor can the groveling mind In the dark dungeon of the limbs confined Assert the native skies or own its heavenly kind. Nor death itself can wholly wash their stains, But long-contracted filth even in the soul remains. The relics of inveterate vice they wear, And spots of sin obscene in every face appear. For this are various penances enjoined, And some are hung to bleach upon the wind, Some plunged in waters, Others purged in fires, Till all the dregs are drained, And all the rust expires. All have their manes, And those manes bear, The few so cleansed To these abodes repair, And breathe in ample fields The soft Elysian air. Then are they happy, when by length of time the scurf Is worn away of each committed crime. No speck is left of their habitual stains, But the pure ether of the soul remains. But when a thousand rolling years are past, So long their punishments and penance last. Whole droves of minds are by the driving god compelled to drink the deep lithian flood, In large forgetful draughts to steep the cares of their past labors And their irksome years, that unremembering of its former pain The soul may suffer mortal flesh again. Thus having said, the father-spirit leads the priestess and his son Through swarms of shades, and takes a rising ground from thence to see The long procession of his progeny. Survey pursued the sire this airy throng, as offered to thy view they pass along. These are the Italian names, Which fate will join with ours, And graft upon the Trojan line. Observe the youth who first appears in sight, And holds the nearest station to the light, Already seems to snuff the vital air, And leans just forward on a shining spear. Silvius is he, thy last begotten race, But first in order sent to fill thy place. An alban name, but mix'd with Dardan blood, Born in the covert of a shady wood. Him, fair Lavinia, thy surviving wife, Shall breed in groves to lead a solitary life. In Alba he shall fix his royal seat, And, born a king, a race of kings beget. Then Procus, honor of the Trojan name, Capis and Numitor of endless fame, A second Silvius after these appears, Silvia Sinias, for thy name he bears for arms and justice equally renowned, would who late restored would in alba shall be crown'd how great they look how vigorously they wield their weighty lances and sustain the shield but they who crown'd with oaken wreaths appear shall gabian walls and strong fidena rear nomentum bola with pometia found and raise collation towers on rocky ground all these shall then be towns of mighty fame though now they lie obscure and lands without a name see romulus the great born to restore the crown that once his injured grandsire wore this prince a priestess of your blood shall bear and like his sire in arms he shall appear two rising crests his royal head adorn Born from a god himself to godhead born. His sire already signs him for the skies, And marks the seat amidst the deities. Auspicious chief, thy race in times to come Shall spread the conquests of imperial Rome. Rome, whose ascending towers shall heaven invade, Involving earth and ocean in her shade. High as the mother of the gods in place, And proud like her of an immortal race. Then, when in pomp she makes the Phrygian round, With golden turrets on her temples crowned, A hundred gods her sweeping train supply, Her offspring all, and all command the sky. Now fix your sight, and stand intent to see Your Roman race and Julian progeny. The mighty Caesar waits his vital hour, Impatient for the world, and grasps his promised power. But next behold the youth of form divine, Caesar himself exalted in his line. Augustus, promised oft and long foretold, Sent to the realm that Saturn ruled of old, Born to restore a better age of gold, Africa and India shall his power obey, He shall extend his propagated sway beyond the solar year without the starry way. Where Atlas turns the rolling heavens around, and his broad shoulders with their lights are crowned. At his foreseen approach, already quake the Caspian kingdoms and Maeotian lake. Their seers behold the tempest from afar, and threatening oracles denounce the war. Nile hears him knocking at his sevenfold gates and seeks his hidden spring and fears his nephew's fates nor hercules more lands or labors knew not though the brazen-footed hind he slew freed aramanthus from the foaming boar and dipped his arrows in their gore nor bacchus turning from his indian war by tigers drawn triumphant in his car from nisus top descending on the plains with curling vines around his purple reins and doubt we yet through dangers to pursue the paths of honor And a crown in view? But what's the man who from afar appears? His head with olive crowned, his hand a censer bears, His hoary beard and holy vestments bring His lost idea back. I know the Roman king. He shall to peaceful Rome new laws ordain, Called from his mean abode a sceptre to sustain. Him Tullus next in dignity succeeds, An active prince and prone to martial deeds. He shall his troops for fighting fields prepare, Disused to toils and triumphs of the war. By dint of sword his crown he shall increase, And scour his armor from the rust of peace, Whom Ancus follows with a fawning air, But vain within and proudly popular. Next view the Tarquin kings, The avenging sword of Brutus justly drawn, And Rome restored. He first renews the rods and acts severe, And gives the consuls royal robes to wear. His sons, who seek the tyrant to sustain, And long for arbitrary lords again, With ignominy scourged, in open sight He dooms to death deserved, asserting public right. Unhappy man to break the pious laws of nature, Pleading in his children's cause. Howe'er the doubtful fact is understood, his love of honor and his country's good, the consul, not the father, sheds the blood. Behold, Torquatus the same track pursue, and next the two devoted Deci view, the Drusian line, Camillus loaded home with standards well redeemed, and foreign foes o'ercome. The pair you see in equal armor shine. Now friends below, in close embraces join. But when they leave the shady realms of night, And clothed in bodies breathe your upper light, With mortal hate each other shall pursue, What wars, what wounds, what slaughter shall ensue. From alpine heights the father first descends, His daughter's husband in the plain attends, His daughter's husband arms his eastern friends. Embrace again my sons, be foes no more, Nor stain your country with her children's gore. And thou the first lay down thy lawless claim, Thou of my blood, who bearest the Julian name. Another comes, who shall in triumph ride, And to the capital his chariot guide, From conquered Corinth rich with Grecian spoils, And yet another famed for warlike toils. On Argos shall impose the Roman laws, And on the Greeks revenge the Trojan cause, Shall drag in chains their Achillean race, shall vindicate his ancestor's disgrace and pallas for her violated place great cato there for gravity renowned, would and conquering cossus goes with laurels crowned. who can omit the gracchi who declare the scipios worth those thunderbolts of war the double bane of carthage who can see without esteem for virtuous poverty severe fabricius or can cease to admire the plowman consul in his coarse attire tired as i am i praise the fabii claim and thou great hero greatest of thy name ordain'd in war to save the sinking state and by delays to put a stop to fate let others better mould the running mass of metals and inform the breathing brass And soften into flesh a marble face. Plead better at the bar. Describe the skies, And when the stars descend, And when they rise. But Rome, tis thine alone with awful sway To rule mankind and make the world obey. Disposing peace and war by thy own majestic way, To tame the proud, the fettered slave to free. These are imperial arts, and worthy thee he paused and while with wondering eyes they viewed the passing spirits thus his speech renewed see great marcellus how untired in toils he moves with manly grace how rich with regal spoils he when his country threatened with alarms requires his courage and his conquering arms shall more than once the punic bands affright Shall kill the Gaulish king in single fight, Then to the capital in triumph move, And the third spoils shall grace Pheretrian Jove. Aeneas here beheld, of form divine, A godlike youth in glittering armor shine, With great Marcellus keeping equal pace. But gloomy were his eyes, dejected was his face, He saw, and wondering, asked his airy guide, what and of whence was he Who pressed the hero's side? His son, or one of his illustrious name, How like the former and almost the same! Observe the crowds that compass him around, All gaze and all admire And raise a shouting sound, But hovering mists around his brows are spread, And night with sable shades involves his head. "'Seek not to know,' the ghost replied with tears the sorrows of thy sons in future years this youth the blissful vision of a day shall just be shown on earth and snatched away the gods too high had raised the roman state were but their gifts as permanent as great what groans of men shall fill the martian field how fierce a blaze his flaming pile shall yield what funeral pomp shall floating tiber see When rising from his bed he views the sad solemnity. No youth shall equal hopes of glory give, No youth affords so great a cause to grieve. The Trojan honor and the Roman boast, Admired when living and adored when lost. Mirror of ancient faith in early youth, Undaunted worth, inviolable truth. No foe unpunished in the fighting field Shall dare thee foot to foot with sword and shield, Much less in arms oppose thy matchless force When thy sharp spurs shall urge thy foaming horse. Ah, couldst thou break through fate's severe decree, A new Marcellus shall arise in thee. Full canisters of fragrant lilies bring, Mixed with the purple roses of the spring, Let me with funeral flowers his body strow This gift which parents to their children owe, This unavailing gift at least I may bestow. Thus having said, he led the hero round The confines of the blest Elysian ground, Which when Anchises to his son had shown, And fired his mind to mount the promised throne, He tells the future wars ordained by fate, the strength and customs of the Latian state, The prince and people, and forearms his care with rules To push his fortune or to bear. Two gates the silent house of sleep adorn, Of polished ivory this, that of transparent horn. True visions through transparent horn arise, Through polished ivory past deluding lies. Of various things discursing as he passed. Anchises hither bends his steps at last. Then through the gate of ivory He dismissed his valiant offspring And divining guest. Straight to the ships Aeneas his way Embarked his men and skimmed along the sea, Still coasting till he gained Cajeta's bay, At length on oozy ground his galleys moor, Their heads are turned to sea, Their sterns to shore. End of section 12.